to you. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Let's pray. Father, in this moment, Lord, we remove all distractions. We remove all worries. We focus on you. We focus on what you have to say to us. We focus, God, on what you're going to do to us, God. We humbly come, submitting ourselves to you, God. Speak, Lord, for your servant heareth thee. Hide me behind your cross. You be glorified. And we promise to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, before you're seated, I need you to look at your neighbor and, and give them my title, but you got to give it to them in a certain way. You got to say neighbor, neighbor. and then you got to do, it's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Look at your other neighbor on the other side. Neighbor, neighbor. it's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. Okay, you may be seated. You may be seated. You got to say, you have to say it a certain way. It's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. What are you talking about? It's just a mountain. So I grew up in church, and if you grew up in church like I did, you probably heard this all the time. No matter what faith you walk in, no matter the denomination, Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever, whenever you go into anything, an older person, somebody always say, just have faith. Just have faith. I'm, I'm, I'm going for a new job. Just have faith. Uh, we're going through trouble. Just have faith. And it was just that just that generic statement. Just have faith. So much so to you start just repeating it yourself. Just have faith. I got faith. I got faith. Just have faith. But the problem with that is if you begin to repeat it and other people repeat it to you, you don't really understand what that means. What does it mean to just have faith? What does that look like to just have faith? Just have faith in what? Just have faith. How do you just have faith? So uh, the, the, what I want to do is over these next couple of weeks is I want to talk about our faith and how do you how do you have it how do you walk in it how how do you actually stand in it? People say, "Oh, I, I have faith. I believe. I believe." Okay, believe what? I believe. What are you believing in? What 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 do you mean? I believe. I mean, the demons believe in trouble. Everybody likes to say, "I believe." Oh, I have faith. But the older you get and the more you, you begin to walk with the Lord, it's not just older in age, but it's older in experience and walking with the Lord. You realize that walking by faith is not an action. It is indeed a lifestyle. It has to become a lifestyle. It has to become a mantra. It has to become what you do in order for it to be effective in your life. You have got to make it a lifestyle and not just a statement. You begin to read God's word and you find out that faith without works is what? Dead. Dead. So you have faith in God, but if you have no works, then God says, I have nothing to bless because you're doing nothing. You can say, I have faith all day long and, and, and sit on the couch and think that opportunity is going to find you. Opportunity is not going to come to your house. It's not going to knock on your door. It's not like Ed McMahon and the old uh, sweepstakes. They're going to knock on your door. There's going to be a big check outside your door with, with those balloons. By the way, I don't know if they still do that. That was one of the first 
scams out there. I mean, I'm sorry to say it. I mean, nobody's going to knock on your door and say, here's a check for $10 million. Right here, we just knew you were looking for it. $10 million, here's your check right here. If they do, then you, you I don't know if I would put that check in my account, open something else up, because uh, you could have some problems later on. The problem with, with walking by faith and when we try to convey it is that when we put our spin on it, we actually complicate what God means by walking by faith. We complicate it because you try to give somebody else your faith. I think I said that once before. You cannot give anybody your faith because what worked for you doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. I can give you, based off of God's word, what I did, but I cannot hand you over my faith. And sometimes we get frustrated with people that we know who, are, who we're close to because you, you, you want them to see it the way you do. And so you say, well, you should see it this way. And you, all you have to do is this. And three simple steps and just have faith. And that person is looking at you like, what does that mean? I don't even understand what you're talking about. How do I see it that way? You don't have my circumstances. And so we cannot get frustrated when people don't have our faith. Because everybody is going to work out their own soul salvation. And everybody is going to walk in the faith according to how strong they are in God's word. So don't be frustrated. I'm trying to relieve you of the pressure of being somebody else's Holy Spirit or being somebody else's uh, pastor. You, got, you, you, you don't have to be a pastor at home. Be mama. Be husband. Be wife. You don't have to because you, you will subtly taint what God is trying to say to somebody else because God is going to reveal himself to that person at his appropriate time. And you can give them scriptures all day long, but the engrafted word, the Bible says, is able to save you. If the word doesn't stick to that person, you telling them all day long, you keep quoting the scripture, and you, you text them the scripture every 15 minutes, it's not going to help them if God doesn't reveal that scripture to them. You got atheists, you got agnostics who read the Bible, the same Bible that you read and you're nourished with, those same people will read the Bible as a story. Because it hadn't engrafted into their spirit yet. God hadn't yet revealed himself to them yet. If the gospel be hid, it's hidden from them that do not believe. So God has a certain way of hiding himself, hiding some truths until you're able to handle it. And then once you're able to handle it, he'll reveal himself to you more. That makes sense. You begin to walk in life and then you begin to... You begin to walk in life and walk in this faith, and then sometimes some things don't go the way that you planned it. And then sometimes you feel like, I've given all the faith out. I don't really know what to do anymore. And so you just go now to just walking. And you see a set, setback and disappointment. And so now you went from really walking in faith to now you're just kind of walking in wishful thinking. You don't really have the faith. You don't really have the hope anymore because of disappointment. So now it's really just wishful thinking. You're really just, you're really just living this Christian life to just get by, but not living a Christian life in faith and believing and expecting God to do something and walking in the faith 
that God has called us to walk into. So what is faith? Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the confidence, this again, NIV, in what we hope for and the assurance in what we do not see. I think that's very important. I plan to bring that up later, but it's very important. It says, for the assurance of what we do not see, you cannot walk by what you see. Because walking by what you see can be dangerous because what you can see changes. It's just like, it's just like have you ever been in the house and, and maybe you have the air on or you have the heat on and so you dress for outside based on the temperature on the inside only to get outside and realize that you have underdressed or overdressed because you based your, your, your decision on what you saw and not what you heard the forecast really to be. But because your eyes are saying it's sunny outside, that I, your eyes could not hear that wind that was blowing outside. It couldn't feel the wind. So you walk outside, this may be a Texas term, but you walk outside and that hawk hits you right in the back of that neck. And right, right, in, the, right in the back. You, you walk outside, you got that t-shirt on, and that hawk is just waiting. So as you come around that corner, that hawk right there, you think, ooh, I should have brought a coat. Because your eyes have deceived you on what's really going on because you judge with your eyes. And how many of us judge your faith based off of what you see and not God's word? And so God says, I, I, I don't want you to base your walk with me on what you see because what you see can change, but what I'm saying does not. If God told you to go forward, Lord, but I got all these obstacles. Lord, I got all this in the way. I don't care. I know the direction I have for you. I want you to go forward. Don't base your walk on what you see because it's like a bus driver. You just keep going. People going to get in. People going to get off. People going to come in your life. People going to walk away. The same people that say, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Next week, they both left and forsook you. You, can't, you cannot count on people. And you cannot count. Uh, uh, thank you, Lord. You cannot count on some of these companies to be your source. You can't do it. All these companies, you put your trust and your faith in the companies more than you do God. Well, these companies, they won't let me go and look how, look how good they're doing. Yeah, but in a minute, what if they let you go? Because they're downsizing, because they're, they're reshaping the company. And now here they go, they let you go, but you were so faith, more faithful to them than you were to God. You got to be careful about not making idols about, of, of what you see because it looks good. When the angels came down and, and the men started to, to worship the angels, the angels said, no, 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 don't worship us. No, we're just messengers of God. See, God is a jealous God and he has every right to be jealous. And God forbid you begin to worship something and God gets jealous of that thing and takes it away. He said, because I have no other God before me. So before I will let you worship that job, worship that thing, worship that person and forsake me, I'm going to take that thing out of your life. So you see that everything you see is temporal, but what you do not see is eternal. Or you're walking in hope or walking in wishful thinking. Hebrews, 11, uh, Hebrews 6 and, and 19 calls this hope. It's like an anchor. 
and is strong and sure to keep us safe. What is worse than walking than a believer going from really walking in faith to walking in wishful thinking is a believer who has, through a set of disappointments, become silent in their faith. And the problem with being silent in your faith is you end up growing frustrated when you need to speak up. And you've allowed life to shut you down and you no longer talk. Let me tell you, somebody who maybe is in a new relationship, you're in an old relationship, you're thinking about a relationship, one of the most dangerous, toxic relationships you can ever have is two people who never talk. Two people who never talk. If, that, if you're in a relationship, you all never have a disagreement, you never have an argument, you never have a debate, that is toxic. I'm telling you, it is a sore that is, that is laying dormant. Because if you don't talk, how can you clear the air? I grew up again, I, told, I, I mentioned this before, I grew up in a time where, where my great-grandmother, when she would, uh, uh, we would come up as kids and, and she would make sure that, that me, uh, I was not raised in the Islamic faith because my father was, but she made sure that he dropped me off at, at, at church. And so it was a whole school Pentecostal holiness church, five baptized mighty burning fire church you know we the women didn't wear pants and the men did we didn't talk about sports on sundays we was in church all day long that's what we did church monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday if it had a day at the end of it we was in church so okay so she did not allow us we would ask certain questions about god this and that she would not allow us to ask those questions don't ever question god don't question god and while I believe it, you don't question the sovereignty. We do have the kind of God that does care about the cares of your heart. And so we do have the kind of God where you can say, God, I don't understand this. I need you to help me out. Why would he say, cast your cares upon me before I care for you if he didn't want to care about your cares? So he is the kind of God that is loving and he is open and he wants you to come to him. And the moment that you stop coming to him, you begin to grow bitter and, and, and hateful on the inside because you suddenly think that God didn't do what you wanted him to do. The problem is you have not begun to speak up. You stop talking. And you stop talking and you just start living out of frustration. One of the most dangerous people in the world is people who feel like they missed their turn. This most dangerous thing in the world, and, and you, you've seen it before, you've seen older people begin to just be bitter, and everything you do makes them angry, and they're just hateful, and grumpy old men, and grumpy old women, and it's not because they're just a cantankerous person, but because life has passed them by, and they have never went after what God told them to do, and they feel frustrated, and they feel irritated, and time is ticking, and they feel like they missed their opportunity to do anything in this life. And now you're just bitter. So you got to begin to speak back. Proverbs 18.21. Again, this is the easy read uh, version. I love this version because when I saw it, I, I almost tossed my, my iPad and I didn't want to break it, so I didn't. The tongue can speak words that bring life or death. Those who love to talk must be ready to accept what it brings. Those who love to talk must be ready to accept what it brings. I do uh, leadership seminars all over the country, 
And one of the things that I talk about in my leadership seminars is understanding the power of your voice. Understanding the power of your voice, because if you understand the power of your voice, that will stop you. This is going to help you too in your corporate meetings, in your business, in your companies that you own. When you understand the power of your voice, you will value it more. Because people who love to talk all the time, it's just like they, their words, just they have no filter. They just talk all the time, all the time. And they got an opinion. Every time, every time something comes up, they don't even, it's like, it's like they're thinking out loud. What happens is you make me devalue your voice. Sooner or later, you become like Charlie Brown. Womp, 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 womp. And I, I, I miss everything you say because you always got to say something. But if you learn to value your voice, your silence will begin to become more profitable as well. If you learn to value your voice and speak after you have given it some thought, then the people in the room will say, you over there too silent and I know you're thinking something. What's on your mind? Your silence will begin to speak volumes. And so it gives your voice and your speech more uh, authority and more power because we know that you're coming to us and you have said something after you have given it thought and not just something that you want to fill the room with. you got to understand the power of your voice. That works in your job. That works in your family. Sometimes it's better for you to just be silent and process the thoughts. Sometimes it's just better for you to just be silent and see the results. Sometimes, parents, you just got to be silent and let them bump their head just a little bit. Be silent. They, they'll be all right. You were okay. But if, you try to, if, if you're trying to, like a, when a baby is, is growing up and a baby is starting to crawl, and on every corner, you're putting something on the corner to, to, to make sure they don't hit the edge. If you're trying to do that to an adult, you're going to make that adult not form adulthood and their process of thoughts correctly. Because they don't know how to logically solve problems because they know mama's there. They don't know how to logically solve problems because daddy's going to come and get them out of every situation they get in. Sometimes it's better. Let the car break down. Let them come pick the car back up. So it's teaching you something. It's teaching you. Let the job fire you. I'm not going to keep waking you up. You got an alarm on your phone. You got an alarm on your nightstand. I'm not going to keep coming in. You're 24. I'm not going to come in every day and wake you up like you're four. We got to do that to the baby. Sometimes he wakes up on his own, and you can hear the TV blasting. But at 24, you should wake up on your own and make yourself go to work because that's what a responsible person does. But it's all about how you speak to them and the life you speak. And it, it, I love, I love, again, I love that. Those who love to talk must be ready to accept what it brings. Your voice has power. Your voice has power. Life and death, what is in the power of the tongue? So you're speaking life or you're speaking death. Regardless, you're going to have what you say because you keep speaking it. 
Romans 10 and 17 says, faith, let's talk about building your faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that means that you got to be really, really conscious if you're trying to build your faith about who or what you listen to. Because I cannot build your faith in my word. It's got to come by God's word. I don't need to build your faith in me. I want to build your faith in God. Thus, I must give you God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. This makes sense? It's okay? For we walk by faith and not by sight. I said that already. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, if you're taking notes. This is, this is what's so amazing. Then I'll, I'll get to my text in just a second. 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. If you're taking notes, these are, these are good. This is going to help you in, in your walk in faith. 2 Chronicles 16 and 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. That's just a clause. Isn't that an amazing thought? Isn't that an amazing thing that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro to show someone how strong he is? He's looking for somebody God, all-seeing, all-knowing, all-wise God, is looking for somebody to show himself strong to. It's, that's amazing to think about. Your God, the master, the creator of the universe, is looking for somebody to take me at my word and to show myself strong to. Ask your neighbor, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? Is it you? The Lord, your God, said, I sit high, I look low. I'm looking for somebody to believe me. Out of the eight billion people in this world, he said, I'm looking for somebody to show myself strong to. I'm looking. I'm looking. That's amazing. Your God is looking for you. Your God is looking. He said, I've been looking. I'm searching to and fro. I love that the Bible uses old country terms sometimes. It's King James, but it sounds old country. Going to and fro. Looking for somebody. God going to and fro. You thought, I thought old people made that up. No, that's King James. He going to and fro. Looking for somebody to show himself strong to. Mm. In this text, the, the disciples, the, the, this man brought his son who was, in, in one version they call him a, a, a lunatic, in another version they call him a demon. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus got frustrated. The man said, I brought my son to your disciples and they couldn't do nothing. I brought my sons who walked, I brought my son to the guys who walked with you and they had no power. How can you walk 
with the Savior and have no power? How can you walk? How can you come in Sunday after Sunday? Read every day and have no power. Have no power. Jesus said it's because, and, and here's what's so funny. Here's, here's what's so funny. The disciples, they waited, you see, until they got alone, privately, because they got embarrassed. They got, up, they got upstaged by the demon. So they said, now, now help me to understand this. Um, why, why couldn't I do that? I mean, I walk with you. I'm with you every day. Why couldn't I do that? I seen you do the five fish, two fish, five loaves of bread. I, you know, I seen you raise other people from the dead. How come I, do, I can do that? And Jesus said, because you have little faith. How can you walk with the Lord and have little faith? Walking side by side with the Lord, with the Savior, and have little faith. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed. It's funny about mustard seed, because in Mark 4 and 30, he also talks about it. He said, it's like a mustard seed that is sown in the ground, even though it's the smallest of all seeds in the ground. When it's sown, it grows up and becomes greatest of all garden plants and grows large branches so that the wild birds can nest in its shade. Can I tell you the reason why the demon did not leave when the disciples tried is because they didn't believe in the authority God had given them. So you can quote it all day long. Get out, get out, get out. I believe that has manifested. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm believing God for this. But if you do not believe the words you are saying, it doesn't matter. You have got to believe it. You've got to know it. Again, when it becomes a lifestyle and not just something you quote, then you will see things move. But if it's just a quotable, if it's just something that you give out because you heard it in church, it will be of no effect. You have got to walk in this thing. You've got to know this thing. It, is it has got to become part of you. It is you. It is you. Because Jesus later on, right before he goes away, he says, greater works shall ye be able to do because I go unto the Father. But you don't get to do those greater works if you just quote it out. When life gets to hit you and somebody presents, somebody, I need healing, I need deliverance. And you got to say, okay, what did Jesus say? He said, Jesus said, and then pastoral sin. Uh, wait a minute. Don't go nowhere. Hold on. Uh, come out. That devil looked at him and said, what? Where am I going? You got to know that thing. You have the power. 
and the authority. If somebody stood, stood at the back of that door and said, I command everybody out of this room to leave right now. You, we would all look and say, what are you talking about? Now, if somebody said, I stand in the name of the law. I come with the authority of the law. The city of Cary police. And say, everybody in this room got to leave. Now, there may be some questions, but everybody going to be like, come on, get your bag. Three and four, we got to go. We, gotta, we getting up out of here. We'll ask questions later. I'll text pastor later. Ask him. I'm going to find out what happened later. I'm going to see it on Google. I'm going to go on Google and find out what happened. You know why? Because they walk in a different authority. When you walk in the authority of Jesus Christ, you can say to that thing, you can say to that demon, come out of here, come out of this house, come out of my children, come off of this job, because I don't just walk in my authority, I walk in the authority he gave me. But you cannot just quote it, you got to live it. It's got to just flow out of you. It's got to flow out of you. Jesus told a woman at the well, he said, woman, if you believe on me as the scriptures have said, then out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. It's got to flow out of you. If, it, if you got to force it out, then that means you don't believe it like that. That means that you don't walk it like that. That means it's not a part of you. Every mother in this room, I guarantee you, if the baby starts crying, every mama in this room will th start thinking, everybody will start thinking, okay, the baby is probably hungry, the baby probably needs to be changed. You know why? Because it's coming out of you. The, the man on the flight, it was, a, it was a viral video, and the man on the flight was arguing because a baby was crying. And he wanted the baby to be quiet. Now, I'm naturally... I, I will say I'm naturally born to be a father. When I hear a baby on an airplane, my first instinct is to want to know what's wrong. My second instinct is to put my headphones in. That ain't my baby. I done did that. Put my headphones in. But I know it's a natural occurrence of a child. That's what kids do. But what's in you is going to come out of you. If something is happening, your first inclination is to go see what's going on, brother. My family okay? Am I good? Y'all all right? Whatever's in you is going to come out of you. If it's not in you, it's not going to come out. And you can't force me to believe it. You can't not force me to believe what you are not. You're trying to force you to believe it. And secondhandly, trying to force me to believe what you don't believe. But I love how God makes faith so obtainable. He said it didn't work because you didn't have the faith. But if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here, and it shall be done. Now, I began to wonder and ponder all week long. It's interesting. You barely addressed the demonic boy. You just said, get out of here. And the demon left. Why couldn't we do that? He didn't go into a spiritual thing and tell them 
Well, you know, we have power and authority over this, over Satan because God our Father is the creator and he's Lord of all. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. He didn't go into all of that. He didn't even bring it back up. He said, you don't have enough faith. He said, but if you have faith, the signs of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be ye removed. He switched it up. Why did he switch it up? He said, because that demon is a big deal to the Father. But for what I'm calling you to do, don't get distracted by the small things. What I'm calling you to do is not speak to that one place. But I am calling you to speak to the larger thing that is in front of you. I'm calling you to speak to this mountain in front of you. And you have the authority to tell the mountain, move. And the mountain has no choice in the matter. It has to move. But it will not move if you don't speak. The mountain, I'm getting excited. The mountain, the thing that God is concerned about you speaking to is not an occurrence. What God is calling you to speak to is your environment and your atmosphere. Your environment and your atmosphere. The mountain. If the mountain was to move, the mountain moving is going to change the topography of everything around it. It's going to change the landscape of everything around it. There's no way a mountain can move and not change everything around it. So God is saying, I don't want you to be concerned about the small things. You can speak to that, but I want to use your voice to speak to something bigger. Speak to the mountain and it shall be removed. Speak to the landscape and change the landscape of where you are based off your voice. Speak to where you are and cause the atmosphere to shift, to change. I'm giving you the authority to change your environment by what you say. The reason why, and that mountain, whatever you just came up with in your spirit, in your mind, that's your mountain. That thing that just refuses to move, that thing that's been standing in front of you, it's been taunting you, it's saying, I'm not moving, we shall not be moved. That thing that's been standing right in front of you, that's your mountain. The reason the Lord said why people struggle with moving and speaking to the mountain is because of the longevity that it took for the mountain to form. A mountain takes about a million years to form. 
And God said, you have given more validity to the longevity of the mountain than you have the word I have given you. You have given more validity to the longevity of the mountain than you have the word I gave you. Speak to the mountain. I don't care if the mountain in your life took 20 years. I don't care if the mountain in your life came from your great, great granddaddy. I don't care if the mountain in your life has been there for three years. God says speak to it and it has no choice. It has to move from here to there. In other verses it said it has to be cast into the sea. But he said it will not move until you speak to that thing. Speak to it. That thing, if you are walking in my authority, you have the authority. The mountain has no right to stand in a place where God's son or daughter says move. It has no right. It has no authority to stand in a place where God has given you the authority to stand into. Good and evil cannot be cohabitating in the same place. Mountain, get out of my way. I had a song years ago, and I think that's her name. But Lord, you don't have to move my mountain. Give me the strength to climb. It sounded good. I love to sing it, but it's incorrect. It's incorrect. I'm too old. I don't want to climb that mountain. I'm going to speak to that mountain. And you have no choice but to get out of my way based on the authority I've been given. My God, if you ever start walking in the authority he gave you, you'll stop trying to climb over mountains. I'm not going to climb over you anymore. I'm not going to put up with the fact that you are here and I need to get to the other side. I'm not doing that. I'm going to speak. You're going to have to move. I'm not compromising anymore. You need to declare I'm no longer compromising with my mountain. I'm no longer compromising with my mountain. I'm not going to make plans around my mountain. I'm not going to move around my mountain. I'm not going to talk soft because I have a mountain there. Mountain, you have got to go. And I dare you for the next 30 seconds to praise God for the mountain moving. Mountain, you have got to go. It's just a mountain. as a mountain is just a boulder to God. What you see as a mountain, sorry Lord, he said it's not even a boulder. It's a stone. What you see as a mountain is a stone. If heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool and the mountain is part of the footstool, then it's just a, a stone. So what you see as a large obstacle, God sees it as just a pebble because it's part of my footstool. That's the reason why I give you the authority to speak to that thing. 
because you have given it more validity than I have. It's just a stone. And if you tell that stone to move, the stone has no other choice but to move. And I dare you to begin to walk in that authority that God has given you. And for every mountain in your life, you need to tell it it's time to go. Pack up your stuff. It is time to go. It's just a mountain. 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 You're looking at it wrong. It's just a mountain. I don't care how long it's been there. A million years. Five million years. It doesn't matter. It's just a mountain. To God. Who has no end and no beginning. It's still younger than God. It's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. This is your Sunday morning. You're no longer compromising with a mountain. You're no longer compromising with a large rock. Speak to that rock and tell it to move. Speak to that thing. Get out of my family. Get out of my house. Get out of my job. Get out of my mind. Get out of my children. I speak to that mountain. It's time for you to go. Take up your weapons and flee. It is time for you to get out of here. Mountain, get out of here. Mountain, you got to go. Mountain, you've been a distraction too long. You've been standing in front of me too long. Mountain, you got to get out of here. I command you in the name of Jesus, get out of my way. You are in the way of my destiny. You are in the way of God called, what God called me to do. It is time for you to go right now. I dare you to start speaking that thing. Speak to that mountain and it has to go. Your God made it very obtainable. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, of a mustard seed, of a mustard seed. I don't know if you all can get that on camera. That's a mustard seed. That is a mustard seed. That's a mustard seed. That, that little dot, I had to tape it on there. I could barely pinch it with my fingers. It kept sliding off. But that is a mustard seed. This is all the faith you need to move the thing in your life. This is all the faith you need to move the thing in your life. This is all you need. You need to take a picture of this because this is all you need. You don't need a big book. You don't need a thesaurus. You don't need all your prayer wars to come in. This is all you need. Is this right here. The size of a mustard seed. The size of a period on the end of a sentence. My God. That's that. Oh. That's the reason why it's that size. Because you once you say it, that's it. The conclusion of the sentence. Conclusion of the paragraph. Mountain be ye removed. Period. And God said, if you put a period on it, the mountain has no choice but to move out of your way. But you have got to walk in the power and authority that he has given you. It's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. It is just a mountain. 
It's just a mountain. I know it feels larger to you. You're looking at it from your perspective. You're looking at it from your perspective. God's looking at it from his perspective. You're looking at it saying, Lord, look at that thing in front of me. Look at that thing. Look at it. It's blocking me. It's trying to stop me, Lord. And he's saying, what are you talking about? That little thing down there? That little rock down there? You mean that? Tell it to move. It's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. Touch your name. It's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. It's, 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 it's not like I'm asking you to move the whole footstool, which is, which is earth. I'm asking you to move a screw. I'm asking you to move a, a small fixture on a footstool. I'm asking you to move. It's just a mountain. Speak to it. Speak to it. Speak to that thing. You've let a set of mountains come in your life, and now you no longer speak to it. So you don't get the deliverance that you should get. You don't get what God called you to do because you don't speak to that thing. And now you say, Lord, there's a mountain in my way. I was trying to go after this, but it's a mountain in my way. And he said, it's just a mountain. It's just a mountain. Could it be possible that if you change your perspective, you could get the victory? Could it be possible you change your, your perspective, you could get the victory? You change your perspective, you could get the victory. But you keep looking at that thing as if God is intimidated by the mountain. You keep presenting to God as if he's intimidated by it. It's just a mountain. He's not intimidated. He's not intimidated by the mountain that's in front of you. He made the mountain. Why would I be intimidated by that? Why would I be intimidated? If somebody goes outside right now and finds a stone and puts the stone in front of you, that ain't even the equivalent, but it's the best our mind can wrap around. Somebody put a rock in front of you and say, this rock is going to stop you. What are you going to do? You're going to kick it over and keep walking. And that's what God is saying. He's saying, just speak to it. Just speak to it. Don't allow it to silence you. It's robbing you of your voice. And some people, you've gotten frustrated with me because you allowed it to frustrate you to silence you because you saw it as a mountain. And yeah, it's a mountain. I knew what I designed. It's a mountain. I knew that. But I also gave you the authority to tell it to get out of your way. That debt, that lack, that frustration, that thing that's antagonizing you. A couple of weeks ago we talked about the thorn. Maybe that thorn is your mountain. It's just right there. It's right there. God said when you speak to it, it's going to change the topography. It's going to change the landscape of your surroundings. Speak to it. Don't let it silence you. You got to confront some things. Some things you have to confront. Some things you have no choice but to confront. 
You are not going to get the victory by just putting it in the Lord's hand. I put it in the Lord's hand. Yeah, but the Lord also wants you to speak to it. I put it in the Lord's hand. You put it in the Lord's hand, and you walked away. But and you, you want the faith without the works. He said, I have nothing to bless because you're not doing anything. And then if I do it, then next time the enemy comes in like a flood, you're going to be looking for me to set up a standard. You have no works. I have nothing to work with. I believe in God. And what, how, show me how you believe in God. I believe in God for better. Show me how you believe in God for better. What classes have you taken? What courses have you taken? What subscriptions have you canceled? I believe in God to get me out of there. What things have you canceled? What things have you stopped spending your money on? How have you tried to talk to him? How have you tried to reach out to him? I believe in God. How? For what? You want God just to drop it in, just drop it in that spirit, Lord. Just drop it on him. Let him know I'm here. For what? You don't, you're not doing anything. I have nothing to bless. I'm going to bless what you do. And if you have the courage to speak to that mountain, I have the power to move it into the sea. If you have the courage, the tenacity to speak back, I have the power to move it. If you have the courage and tenacity to speak back, I have the power to move it. I am going to give you the power through your voice. Thank you, Lord. I have given you. I have given you. It's already yours. It's already yours. See, thank you, Lord. You're getting distracted by things that I don't want you to get distracted by. And you're busy aiming all of your faith, that mustard seed faith, at something that does not change and affect the atmosphere. Once that mountain goes into the sea, that's affecting generations. Because a mountain is not just going to pop back up. What that mountain is doing when it goes into the sea is affecting the whole atmosphere, the entire atmosphere, the entire environment. When they write maps, they have to write and draw the maps without the mountain on it because the mountain is longer, no longer there. And what I'm calling you to speak to is going to change generations. It's going to change your kids. It's going to change your grandkids. It's going to change your cousins, your aunties, your friends, your family. The things that work is going to change, but nothing changes until you speak to it. It's just a mountain. Is just a mountain. It's just a mountain. I'm not negating it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not hard. I'm not saying that I don't have moments where I thought, Lord, this thing is in front of me and it is antagonizing me. And I don't know if I can get over it. 
But the Lord told me to tell you, even if you're watching online, the thing that you got to speak to is just a mountain. It's just a mountain. Don't climb over it. Don't pack your gear ready to climb it, to conquer it. That's the problem. You're trying to fight something God wants you to speak to. It's not a fight. It's a speak. It's not a fight. It's a speak. It's not a fight. Glory to God. Thank you. It's not a fight. It's a speak. It's not a fight. You get up, you get in a fight because you, you, you like a good fight. But God said, I don't need you to fight. What I'm calling you to do is not to fight, to speak. People with real power don't have to fight. All they got to do is speak. You got real authority? I don't have to fight you in the streets like I used to. All I got to do is put somebody, hey, make this call, make that happen. Speak. Take them away. Mountain, be removed. That's all you got to do. You're fighting a speakable fight. It's a speakable opponent. Speak to it. Get out of my way. And it has no choice but to go. Head bowed, eyes closed. Oh God, we thank you. We thank you for your help and helping us to speak to that thing. Thank you for helping us to speak to that thing. Thank you for helping us to speak to that thing. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to speak to that thing that's been antagonizing and standing in front of us. Thank you for helping us to speak to that thing. Thank you for helping us, Lord. Thank you, God, for speaking to us. For giving me the power and showing me how my voice matters. I have a victory today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this is what I, this is a couple of things I'm gonna do. We're gonna take the Lord's Supper in just a second. But this is this is all it takes. Is a seed, a mustard seed. I could even, if I pinch it in my finger, you can't even see my finger. That's all it takes to move that thing out of your life. This, this is, this is all it takes. This is all it takes. This is what's standing in between you and the victory. This is what's standing in between you and your destiny. This is what's standing in between you and where God has called you to be. This is what's standing in between you and your next. This is what's standing in between you and your destiny. This is what's standing in between this amount of faith. He didn't say because you go to church longer, because you grew up in this amount of church, in this church, because your father was a bishop, your mother was a superintendent. He didn't say none of that. He said if you have the faith, 
the sign of a mustard seed. You can say to that mountain, get out of my way. You're in my way. You're in my way. And it has no choice. It has to go. At the conclusion of service, I got a spoon. And you, I got these envelopes, and I want you to take some of these seeds home. This is your visual. This is what I want you to see. When, when, you, when you're in the test, when, you, when, you, when life is, is coming at you, and that mountain, is, a, is another mountain pops up in another area, you say, and you get frustrated, you say, well, why is it not moving? Why is it this and that? And you, say, you look at that and say, that's all it takes. This is all it takes. We make God much harder than he is. He is complex. He is mysterious, but he's loving, he's kind. He's a just God. Just. He's just. Now, this is how it starts. But how it grows is according to your faith. It's according to how you activate it. I'm give everybody this story, but what happens to it is according to your faith. It's according to what you do with this. You can let it die in the earth, or you can water it, exercise it, nourish it, and sooner or later, you gonna say, somebody say, oh, you got that big faith. Oh, I see you, you got that big faith. All I got is a mustard seed. All I got is that mustard seed. It's, uh, it, what you see is big results. All I got is that big, that mustard seed. That's all it is. Was this, a, was this helpful to anybody? There's two things I want I need to have in this, in this moment. I need you, if you got your envelopes or your cards, or if you need an envelope, I'm gonna challenge you to sow as we speak about seeds. I'm gonna challenge you to sow into God's kingdom right now. Cash app, or you can scan the code there. God is blessing this ministry. God is blessing this church in a tremendous way. Here we are three months in and already have a location for the next year. God is blessing this ministry. Mustard seed faith. Mustard seed faith. Mustard seed faith. Mustard seed faith. We are moving mountains. You can't see it, but we got more to come. But we are moving mountains with this ministry. We are moving mountains. God has called us to move mountains in this area to move mountains, things that have been here, set in place for years. God has called us to change the landscape. And because you partner, because you joined this ministry, you are now part of the mountain moving ministry. You should call it that mountain moving ministry. That's what God has called us to do, move mountains, change the landscape, the top, top, topography of this area. We have so many people here who value their education, over their revelation of God. I'm not, I'm not against it. But at a certain point, what God says is more important. And people, they, they, the, the, the corona 
it, it did something to us. But people value their education, their company, their status more than they do their walk with the Lord. But they're more lonely. They're more upset. They're more depressed. They're going through all kinds of mental issues. When the answer's in the book, get your counseling and pray and read the Bible and seek my face. But we're not doing that. So God has called us to be a church that addresses all of that. We're going to pray and seek counseling. We're going to read and we're going to study and we're going to talk and we're going to build this community. We're going to build a nation of people who are grateful hearts, who are going out there telling people you don't have to live that way. There is answers in God's word. Come on, brother, communion as well. There's answers in God's word. There's answers in his word. Everything you need of it is in his word. Build that faith. We're going to talk more next week. But the way you build that faith is by getting in his word. You can't. Thank you. Okay, I'm not throwing off at anybody. You do what you want. But you can't listen to secular music, watch secular shows, talk to secular people all day, all week, and expect to have strong faith. You can't do it. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then you have got to be eating God's word. You've got to be hearing God's word. That means you got to change some of the shows you want. That means that sometimes you get up in the morning and you're reading the paper. You got to read his word. You got to find out what do you say about me. You got to read his word. You got to study his word. Even if you're just reading one chapter a day and you just study and meditate on that and God give me clarity on that, help me to understand that, and you just chew on it, that's how you're going to fight back. That's how you're going to build your faith. You're not going to build your faith by watching the news and listening to whatever you want to listen to on your ride to work or in your headphones. You're not building your faith that way. You're building your other man that way, but you're not building your faith. The way you're going to build your faith is by getting in God's Word. It's by lifting your hands and opening your mouth and taking a, a praise break in the middle of the day, a worship break in the middle of the day, driving down the road, turning the radio off. And it's not an opportunity for you to tell God your complaints, but to just thank Him for who He is. Just thank you. Just a random praise. I like to call it random praise. Just a random praise throughout the day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have your seats, I'm asking that you would stand on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. If you need an old-fashioned envelope, we have them, stupid. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. You got to build yourself up in your most holy faith. God is taking you somewhere. God is taking you somewhere higher. God is taking you somewhere higher, and the mountain that's plaguing you has got to go. The mountain has got to go. 
We're going to do the offering first, and then we're going to take the Lord's Supper in just a second. When you have your offering, can you say amen? Praise Him all over 